we were presenting to the board on what we found in our program and kind of what it means for them. And the question I got from one of the board members was literally, he just said, so what? Like, why should I care? And then at that point, I realized that I think we had really failed to really understand the business, really put information security in the context of the overall business, right? Because that board member, um, everybody in that room had heard about 50 different issues that day. Information security was just one of them. How do they weigh what we need to do around information security with you know, making sure the business stays afloat and they're able to keep the business running? From Cobalt headquarters in San Francisco, this is Humans of InfoSec, a show about real people, their work, and its impact on the information security industry. My name is Caroline Wong, and I'd like to introduce today's guest, my friend and colleague, Heather Egger. Heather is the Chief Privacy and Compliance Officer at Collective Health, a healthcare technology company. In her previous role as a director at PwC, Heather and her team worked with large global technology and healthcare companies to develop, implement, assess, and improve privacy, security, and risk management programs. Heather, when we were talking earlier this week, you told me that you always knew that you liked technology and business, but you weren't really sure how that might fit into your career. Can you tell me, how would you describe yourself as a young person? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really happy to be here. Um, so as a young person, I was kind of, I was an only child and I was kind of that person that was into doing everything. I wanted to try every new thing I could possibly imagine. Um, I did every sport you could possibly imagine from um, archery to jump rope to cheerleading, basketball, soccer, <laughs> anything you could imagine, I would, um, I would kind of dive into. And I, one of the things I was always interested in, my dad was um, in IT growing up and I was always interested in computers and computer games and I would see him code on the computer and I just thought it was the coolest thing. So I had always kind of been into technology. And then as I got into, you know, high school and college, I really loved the business side as well. So I always really liked um, technology, but business. I did all the really cool business competitions in high school and competed, um, you know, in the Microsoft Word and Microsoft Excel back in those days. And um, yeah, so I was really kind of looking, as I was going into my career, I was kind of looking for something that would allow me to mix my interest in business with my interest in technology as well. Cool. Cool. Um, I remember you telling me that, you know, your dad being in IT, that when you were growing up, your family would always have the latest and greatest technology in your house. Um, and I'm curious to know if you happen to remember a particular technology that maybe you and your family had before any of your peers did that you happen to remember from when you were young. Uh, yeah, one that sticks out to me is probably we had, uh, I don't know if you remember, like an ISDN router before. Um, before most friends, it was like a nice step up from a modem, which was great. I didn't have to sit there and listen to the modem dial up. So I had faster internet connections than all my friends, which made me really cool. Awesome. <laughs> so you 
have always been, it seems to me, someone who has been sort of equally interested in technology and also business. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you were thinking as you decided to go into management consulting uh, and what led you to your role as a director at PwC? Sure. I wish I could tell you I put a lot of thought into my decision to go into consulting, um, but I kind of just fell into it and I'm really happy I did. One of my professors in college happened to be talking over the fence one day to a partner at PwC. Um, she was like, oh, I have this great student who's, you know, really interested in technology. And, you know, I think she may be a, a good fit for the technology audit practice at PwC at the time. And so I just happened to fall into it. But I think what kept me in management consulting for so long and why I stuck it out there for, you know, almost 10 years was really the variety of experience I could get. I felt like it was kind of like a graduate program on steroids and I could do different things. So I started out in the IT audit world, which is exactly as fun and sexy as it sounds. I <laughs> to move on from that a little bit. It was really in my first year where I got my first uh, privacy focused project. And from then on, I really took projects and navigated my career in a way where I could focus on more uh, security and privacy related work, because I found that's what really interested me. And I think, you know, one of the biggest benefits, and again, why I stayed in consulting for so long, is the variety of environments you get to see. So you get to see how massive, you know, Fortune 50 companies do things, you get to take learnings from that and apply them towards companies that are just starting out or other large companies that you've seen. So really the breadth of experience that you get is really invaluable and it kind of helps you decide where you want to focus and what you want to do in that next step. Very cool. You know, I'd love to hear more about sort of your interest in privacy and, and sort of how you found privacy to be, you know, it sounds like at a certain time, you know, privacy was really a field that was sort of full of attorneys. And then it, it seems like the field has really broadened. Can you tell me a little bit about your thoughts on sort of the convergence of privacy and security and how you came to kind of see things that way? Yeah, of course. So privacy, like, like I just mentioned, my first privacy uh, project, which was really my first view into privacy, was back in probably 2008, I think. And it was one of the FTC's early on consent decrees that they issued in 2002. Now that FTC is issuing consent decrees on security and privacy seemingly every week, but back in 2002, there weren't really a whole lot. So some of the work we were doing was helping a company respond to an FTC consent decree around privacy. Um, and at that time, you're right, it was mostly lawyers in this space. I remember when I did my CIPP exam, I think in 2009, I had to drive to a law firm in Chicago. I drove from Indianapolis to Chicago. And it was me in a room with just a ton of lawyers and nobody else. And I was kind of like, oh, this privacy field is, seems new. It seems interesting. It seems to be filled with lawyers now. But I kind of saw the need for to extend beyond just interpreting laws. And I really saw the need for it to be a real value driver for business, right? It's all about building trust with customers. And I... That, that's one of the things I, I really like about it. It's not just interpreting laws. It's a lot of really like philosophical and ethical debates um, about doing the right thing for your customers. Cool. 
Heather, there's another part of your experience doing management consulting uh, that I think is very, very interesting. And I'm also really glad that you're here and interested in sharing your thoughts and stories with our listeners. And that's with regards to communicating with boards and executives. This is something that I think you hear about a lot, both in terms of people trying to understand how to do this well. And I'd love to hear about your experiences. And maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners um, a story where maybe things didn't go so well. And then what, uh, what you and we and the industry have, you know, what direction you see us going in. Yeah, of course. The Yeah, so I definitely have an example of where it didn't go so well, and that would have been my very first board meeting uh, presentation, which was awesome. It was consulting, and we had just done an information security program maturity assessment, and it was a Fortune 500 company. It was a really large, intimidating boardroom. I was literally the only woman at a table of 30 people, <laughs> which is already in itself interesting, and at the time, we were presenting to the board on what we found in our program and kind of what it means for them. And the question I got from one of the board members was literally, he just said, so what, like, why should I care? And then at that point I realized that I think we had really failed to really understand the business, uh, really put information security in the context of the overall business, right? Because that board member, um, everybody in that room had heard about 50 different issues that day. Information security was just one of them. How do they weigh what we need to do around information security with, you know, making sure the business stays afloat and they're able to keep the business running. So I think that was a really eye-opening experience for me and really drove how I interact with uh, boards when we're presenting today. When we present to boards today, which in my current role we do you know, on a quarterly basis, we really try to make the conversation about you know, educating the board on uh, what's going on in the industry, what's going on in the company, what are our biggest risks, what trade-offs are we making, and we always put it in, in terms and context of what's happening in the rest of the business and understanding that the board has several different objectives. One of them is information security. So how can we help them make those educated decisions and really communicate what we need from them and where we need their help? Awesome. Heather, I'm wondering if you have any advice for our listeners. You know, I'm imagining that some of our listeners may be security professionals who themselves are struggling to connect with business objectives. Do you have any advice for security and technology folks? How can one learn more about the business context for security and risk management and privacy? Are there any sort of practical tips that you have for how a security or technology person might educate him and herself about sort of the business world as well as their specific organization? Sure. Yeah, I think it, just educating yourself and learning everything you can about the business you're in will be helpful from ev everything from the sales cycle, how you make money, your different um, relationships with partners and vendors, and just getting a feel for the how the company operates is super important. And some of the ways we do that, our team is meeting with 
every department on at least a quarterly basis. We're making sure we have a pulse on what every company's objectives are. So we know if our operations team has certain things. What's the word I'm looking for? We basically, we kind of know if our, what our team's top priorities are. So we know what the primary objectives are of our engineering team. We know what our objectives are of our operations team, of our marketing. So we're always able to look at security through the lens of what's going on in the rest of the business. Um, and mm -hmm. we do a lot of, we'll do formal meetings, like I mentioned, but we also go on a lot of walks for coffee with people in different departments and things like that. And I think it's really just making sure you have those relationships across all departments and then you have the buy-in and support across the company as well. Awesome. Awesome. And Heather, you know, the final question I'd like to ask you for our podcast today is you've spent a lot of time working in the healthcare field and you've mentioned that, you know, working in this field occasionally there are actually challenging ethical debates and questions that come up. Can you give our listeners some insights into what are some of the dilemmas that you have found yourself facing and how do you evaluate these types of things? Yeah, so maybe I can talk about uh, a little more generally first and then I can go into healthcare. But I think the overall debate of privacy versus security is a really interesting uh, debate that we have to deal with sometimes. So a lot of times when we're implementing individual privacy controls and privacy features, we're doing it at the expense of personal safety and security. And so you have to kind of figure out at what point does the need for safety and security outweigh an individual's right to privacy. So some examples are, um, many people have probably heard about this, but data from a genetic testing company was used to find the Golden State Killer. Uh, we're using facial recognition technologies at different events. Um, and a lot of people, they want control over their information. And I think a lot of times we forget um, as companies that this data is not it's not really the company's data, it's not the government's data, it's an individual's data. And they own that data and they wanna have rights over it. But a lot of times this data can be used to serve the greater good. And you know, is it the right thing to say, to give someone over con control over their genetic data that can be used to find uh, serial killers, right? It, it's just mm -hmm. a really mm -hmm. like, fascinating debate that I find and there's, I, you know, there's no right answer. It's, I, I've always kind of enjoyed, you know, these really tricky, sticky problems and trying to figure out what mm -hmm. the right thing to do is. So I think that's, cool. that's kind of what makes uh, privacy such an interesting field for me. And in the healthcare space specifically, um, you know, a lot of times you want to implement security and privacy features. You want to make everybody's information more secure, but sometimes you can when you do that, it can be at the expense of convenience or ease of use for the individual. And you have to really outweigh those needs. For example, you know, you could implement a service that, you know, makes a member's information more secure, but maybe it's harder for them to access their health insurance ID cards, and they may need those in, a, in an emergency situation. You know, what trade-offs are you making when you're implementing these privacy and security features? And I think one thing we're starting to see, there's been some studies on this recently that most adults are actually starting to value privacy and security over ease of use and convenience, where I think 
those surveys 10 years ago would have had very different results. But now we're definitely seeing a shift towards um, individuals really valuing those security and privacy features in our technology products. Cool. It's, it's so interesting to hear your perspective, having been working so deeply in this field uh, for the past, you know, several years. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and thank you on behalf of our listeners for sharing your stories uh, and your advice with us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Humans of InfoSec is brought to you by Cobalt.io, a pen testing as a service company. Like what you hear? Subscribe, share, or leave a review wherever you enjoy podcasts. And don't forget to say hello. You can find us on Twitter at Humans of InfoSec. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.